And I'm thinking that I have all this down and right. They had to do the screen business and the scripture text and all that stuff this morning instead of earlier along the way as they normally do. So, like the very young preacher said, I'm going to preach out of the book of Galatians this morning. That would be Galatians in case you really want to know the name of it. And uh, we're going to go to uh, Galatians chapter 3. And we're going to read a verse. Then after that, we'll speak from it. And as you've heard me say before, usually a long ways from it. Just read a verse, get started on it, and preach on about anything you want, right? Amen. Uh, you know how you're supposed to preach? Read yourself full. Think yourself clear. Pray yourself hot and let yourself go. Amen. That's where it ought to be. Amen. Galatians 3 and verse number 3. And I'm going to read out of the New Living. Yes. <laughs> the New Living Translation. <clears throat> It said, how foolish can you be? After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, and notice that's a capital S-P-I-R-I-T, the Spirit of God is what it means. Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Goodness alive. Somebody say, wow. Now, I'm going to... I'm going to clarify the setting of Scripture because I'm supposed to. But this is the people from Galatia. They were real, real big on the law. Real big on it. Then they got the gospel preached to them and they accepted it. But then they said, okay, now we've got this grace and forgiveness through the blood of Jesus. Now let's go back and do our stuff again so we can be more perfect and more uh, right. And Paul in this book one time said, Oh, you foolish Galatians, somebody has bewitched you. He said, Why did you start out in grace so good? And then turn right around and go back to the same bondage of having to obey 630 laws in the Old Testament, including all the rabbinical laws of the rabbis, and then top that off with all of the laws concerning the Sabbath in order to make you better. Why are you doing this? And if you start out in the Spirit... You may as well stay in the Spirit. Now, how many of you have ever felt a small sense? I've got to be cautious here. A small sense of direction for your life, but it began to cool down a little bit and begin to wane away some and not be as effective and as powerful as it used to be. Could I see your hand if you've ever been at a certain level and then you found yourself kind of drifting some? 
Well, I'm going to talk today on the pace of grace. The pace of grace. And Pentecostal preachers are supposed to be hermeneutical. Now, that's a $10 word. But this is inflation times, and it's worth about 50 cents. <laughs> Go ahead and grin. And it means in order to get a Bible revelation of what God's saying, interpret your Bible with the Bible. Has anybody got that? Say amen. That's the art of scriptural interpretation. Somebody said, well, why do that? Because you will be getting a Word of God interpretation instead of an interpretation from multiple people who may not have gotten the mark. So we're going to interpret Word with Word. So at this time, I'm going to refer to an Old Testament setting to make my point. And, and if you want to hear me genuinely tell what Galatians 3 and 3 means, I'm going to give it to you in Gary Johnson translation. Okay, this is Gary Johnson translation. I'm not changing the Bible. I'm translating something to better understanding. Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit of God? Are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? You know, we foul up on this a lot in Christian faith. Now, in Second Kings chapter 6, there is a fabulous story in that chapter about a real account of God's power. How many of you know when you don't feel God's power very often, you kind of you get dry? Could I see your hand? So the chapter opens with the account of some young Bible college students. Actually, your King James Version there would say sons of the prophets or new upstarts, brand new people getting into the ministry. And they wanted to expand their classrooms and their dormitories. Now, they said to the prophet that was a, a bit older than them, named Elisha, said, we've run out of room. We've had church growth. The Bible college is getting more students. We're crowded now in our existing facility. We need a little help. So why don't we go down to the riverbank, and we're the sons of the prophets, and essentially we're young preachers in training, and and, and we need to expand our facilities and get a little bit bigger to have a better setting for people to come and learn. Now, that's really it in a nutshell, and that's very modern English, but that's precisely what it means. And so uh, one of the young exhorter preachers who had his credentials for just a short while, uh, Brother Carrico could relate to that. He I chatted with him a moment ago. Uh, uh, you know, he, he said, let's go down 
and cut some lumber. And when we cut the lumber, we can build and get this thing bigger, and we'll be on the right road. So when they got down there, they had axes in their hand, no steel chainsaws. And they were cutting timbers down in order to get lumber. And while they were in the process of this, one of the young preachers with an axe in his hand, all of a sudden, swinging that axe, the axe head flew off and went out into the river and sunk to the bottom of the creek. While that axe head was under the water, this young preacher realized that something bad has taken place. The preacher had good common sense. Listen to that. The young preacher did. He knew that a stick that was left in his hand would do him no good. He knew that. The axe head was under the water. It was gone. And listen to my words. Suddenly, he lost his cutting edge. Just got rich right then, didn't it? He lost his cutting edge. May I not be offensive, but just ask, have you ever felt like you were losing your spiritual cutting edge? When you didn't feel as sharp and as in tune with the Holy Ghost, you hadn't been tied in to what God was saying and what God was doing. And you started this little thing about, well, I'm still all right because I love Jesus and I'm obeying all the rules and the regulations. And I'm really okay. I'm just not experiencing it like I used to have it. And, and I, 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 I say again with kindness in my heart, I admire what this young man did. He was in his youth, but he came up against a problem that he had never faced before, and that was the loss of his anointing, his cutting edge, the thing that really makes his work more effective. He stopped work and went to seek help from somebody who was his spiritual authority. Now, this is getting better every minute. I'm just building some good stuff right here. So here he is, young, and knowing that he has to have a cutting edge in order to expand the program, but he loses it and had enough sense to know he lost it. So he turns around and says, instead of staying like I am, I'm going to go get some help because i got to get my cutting edge back in order to do what God wants me to do. And I think nowadays the tragedy in the modern, quote, American church. I don't want you to be mad at me, but God is not from the United States. He wasn't born here. He doesn't live here. And I want everybody to know that that we are so Americanized that we believe that Bill Gaither is going to be the song leader in heaven. 
And to be honest with you, it wouldn't bother me a bit if he was. Because I could say, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. And I could just sway and sing and do like all the people do in the charismatic churches now. And I, I wouldn't be disappointed if you was. But don't forget that the Jamaicans are going to be in heaven too. And the people in the Mideast that are getting saved by the thousands and going to the U.S. military chaplains and getting baptized at 3 o'clock in the morning so they won't cut their heads off. And, and uh, the people in the continent of Africa and in India, there's a revival outbreaking. And in China, where it's a death penalty to build a Christian church, the Christian church is growing so fast in China, and the people who are building them are not afraid of having their, their, their life ended by execution. So since you don't see it all in America, let me tell you, God is not from the United States. I think there was a time when he hung out here a whole lot more. <laughs> Maybe we can get him back. Come on, I just rung somebody's bell. Maybe we can get him back. I think he's on the way, don't you? I think he's at the door. I think he's got the hand on the doorknob. And I believe the American church is fixing to kick it in gear like it hadn't done in a long time. I think some of the American churches... Go ahead, you're doing good. I'm liking you. Woo! I'm loving you today. I think the American churches are going to start putting some altar benches back in. I'm thinking some American churches are going to stop this business about when the sermon's over, telling everybody if you want to talk to anybody or pray, we have some welcome booths in the back. You can give your information there and start saying, if you need God, come on down here. Jesus is in the house. Amen. I'm, I'm getting that feeling. And while the darkness is getting darker, the light, it's getting brighter. Somebody's got to help me today. I'm feeling my Cheerios already, and I'm not supposed to feel them just yet. i got a little bit more down here where I'm supposed to hit high cotton, okay? Now, I admire him, this young man, because he saw a sense of slipping away, and he didn't want to stay like that. I meet people who get a little bit cold, and they'll stop going. To prayer meetings, Bible studies. I, I, I see them get a little bit cold in, in, in the Spirit, and they'll stop praying. I even heard about somebody not terribly long ago that said, I, I won't call for the prayer chain, but don't call me past 9 o'clock at night. Well, the devil doesn't stop working at 9 at night. Somebody say, I got that. Amen. So I want, you, I want you to know that, that when you get it, into it over your head, and someday you will, you're going to need to seek help and advice from somebody that's been baptized in the Holy Ghost for a long, long time. And you need to go seek them out and find them and say, I know where you've been, and I know what God's done in you. I need help. And I need it bad 
Because I do not want to lose out on that experience that I felt the first night that the Spirit of God burned in me. And I knew how great God was. You see, your cutting edge will leave your prayer life. And when it leaves your prayer life, the next thing that happens is your praising life goes with it. No praying, no praising. That's the way it works. You see, I I just want everybody to understand that when it becomes a chore to praise God and to pray, something's already started working by the enemy inside you. And you need to get dominion over it in Jesus' name and get it over it quick. Because when the devil wakes you up on Sunday morning, he says, this would be a good day for you not to go. You need two feet on the floor, two hands in the air, and scream out loud, Satan, you a liar, and I'm on my way because Bedard's going to be on fire for God this morning. Amen. Now listen to this, if you will. Too many people just keep pounding away with their axe head because they lost it. But you're not going to get much done with that dull stick. I'm getting kind of bold right now. Uh, they, they don't have a cutting edge anymore. And you don't have a hard time cutting a tree down to expand the program of God by beating on another tree with just a stick in your hand. I'm not trying to be Mr. Smart Alec, but I think I'm making pretty good sense. When, when the cutting edge of the anointing goes away, you'll probably start singing faster songs, jumping higher and shouting louder, and start substituting programs for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Mm. And, and when that happens, you're going to try to get your job done, but you're going to be doing it the wrong way. Because there's got to be a spot in your heart that is so on fire for God that you feel and taste and experience God's direction in your life. And the beauty about this young preacher is that he lost his cutting edge and he was smart enough to say, wait a minute, I'm wasting my time. i got to go get some help. So he goes to somebody who's had some experience. Remember, I said it a minute ago, are you so foolish? After beginning with a spirit, are you trying to literally now attain your goal in Jesus Christ by human effort? Let's, let's just talk that for a brief minute. Don't be afraid or reluctant to seek some help from somebody. It has been no longer than a week that somebody walked up to me in this church. Eye contact made and said, I need some guidance. And we talked. Listen, Elisha, the older preacher, said to the younger preacher, Where did it fall? Let's find out where the axe head went. 
And when he did, in 2 Kings 6 and verse 6, is a profound truth. And it is, in essence, you're going to find it where you lost it if you're willing enough to go back where you lost it. And I'm worried about us because sometimes when we drift and we drift and we drift, we let the devil tell us, look, there's no reason for you to be all alarmed. There's no reason for you to go in there and praise God so loud. You don't really have to have that. Why, with the millennial age coming up behind us, they may not like that as much as you did, old-timer. Hmm? Am I helping somebody yet? Uh, the, the devil will say, you don't need the anointing. You've, ha- you've received an education. You learned how to do it. I've been preaching since I was 16. I know I still look like I'm 30, but I'm not. I'm not even 70. I've, I've, as the country boy says, I've done ready, gone past that, done ready. And, and, and when I walked in the office this morning, I said, God, I can't do this without you. I mean, I have the knowledge. I have the education. I was told when I was taught what to do. But we cannot lose that anointing, that cutting edge that must makes us distinctly, distinctly different from every other fellowship of churches in the world. We don't need to be like all of the other denominations. We need to be Holy Ghost baptized. Glory to God. We need to have God's Spirit and God's power. At some point, we have to confront ourselves, not just somebody else, with a question of where is my spiritual inventory I'm looking at my life. I'm slacked on my prayer. I'm not praising like I used to. I used to talk to people about Jesus. I used to smile at people in the grocery line when it says ten items or less and they had seventy. Ah. And the sign said, no checks, please. And they got there and pulled out a checkbook. Well, I don't have my ID with me. I don't remember my driver's license number. And you just stood there kind of full of the love of God and put up with it. But now you're fuming and smoking out the ears and, you know, and and things like that happen. Or somebody runs a stop sign and and you give them all kinds of words that are are not used behind the pulpit. And, and, you know, when, when those little things start popping up. You know that the axe head's getting loose. Come on, body. Oh, my God. And when you sling it, and it flies out into the water and disappears, the only way you get it back is not trying to come into program way up yonder, but go back where it was, back to Pentecost, 
back to the Bible, back to the Holy Ghost, back to speaking in tongues when you pray, back to the anointing of God Almighty, and then that joy, then that power, then that radiance of God's love comes, and somebody looks at you and says, Wow, have you been in the upper room again? Amen. How many of y'all know we need to go back to the upper room? You see, uh, what were you doing when you noticed something was missing in your spiritual walk? Uh, Have you learned how to preach? Have you learned how to teach? Have you learned how to sing? And since you have learned how to preach, teach, and sing, why do I need that other stuff anymore? It's easy to say. Amen? We've had people walk right out of this church before. Because when they would get their singing schedule, they would look at it. Because they knew what Sunday it was going to be passed out on. And they'd look at their fellow singers or singer and say, we're not on till week after next. And they were not looking for ministry. They were looking for a stage to stand on. They were not looking to work an altar. They were not looking to lay hands on people and pray in the Spirit. They were looking for a platform. Behold, you have done it wrong all these years until I got here. The craziest thing you can do when you're a young preacher is go take a new church and walk in and say, Behold, the light has come. (laughs) Amen? They're going to eat your lunch before breakfast. Amen? That gray-bearded Sanhedrin is going to have you for the first Sunday meal at their house. Believe me, you don't get this just because you learned how to do it. I feel a certain sense of anointing right now that somebody in this house showed up today when you even fought a battle to get here. You even fought a little bit of a battle to get here. And God wanted you here. And you came because this morning in the office I heard from heaven and God knew you needed this. No matter how experienced you are, you need the cutting edge replaced so you can resharpen your life and get that keen sense of the anointing of God again. O Holy Ghost, revival comes from Thee. Send a revival and let it begin in me. Amen? I have to hurry now. Don't take on the world by yourself. Don't take on the world by yourself. You can't do it. How do you know? Samson tried it. Oh, sure. He tried it. Uh, He still looked like a strong man. He still 
had all the signs of physical power and strength. He still had all the right words to say. He still had every visual form. And when he compromised with the devil, he did not lose muscular strength as far as the world was concerned. But he lost supernatural power. Am I going somewhere for you right now? He could probably have still whipped any man in the enemy's army. He could have probably gotten up and said like Muhammad Ali, I can float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. He could probably do that with a person. But when you lose your anointing, your edge, your helper, and the devil knows what's going on, and you decide, I'm going to break the the bonds and the ropes, and they don't break anymore, and your prayer has no power anymore, And it is a recital of a prayer that somebody prayed in the 1700s recorded in a book. And when you read your prayers and you don't pray them anymore, and you no longer tarry before God until He refreshes the Holy Spirit in your life, then go meet the enemy and you'll find out what the devil has done while you were unaware. Somebody say out loud, that's good preaching. I want you to look at old Samson for a minute. He had to wake up and find his anointing was gone because of compromise. He found himself weak, and his power was no longer there. And he did not even realize when he lost it that it had gone, and he did not have the ability to circumvent it. He had to go back and do his first work over again. Okay, I can't expand on all these, so I'm just going to read a couple of three of them to you briefly. Run to God today. Do you hear me? Run to God today. Don't keep pounding it and pounding it and saying, well, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm just not getting anywhere. My schedule won't let me. I can't do this. I tried that. It didn't work. I've got to do this. This is all cluttering up my mind. I just don't have time to think like I used to. Look at me. Run to God today. Get in His presence. Bask in His sweet blessing. Taste the pure waters again of Holy Ghost revival. Drink from the fountain that champions drink from. Go out and flex spiritual muscle, not yours. Do what God said do and receive it again. Do you understand? If you run to God, you can get the help. Surround yourself with Holy Ghost people. Y'all are missing good places to say, Amen. Surround yourself with the Holy Ghost people. 
I was studying this week. And I picked up a set of high-dollar commentaries. They're at commentaries in my office. It costs $1,200, $1,400 a set. Commentaries. Now I got in them, and I got to digging around. And I've been doing this great series on the blood. If you've been missing that, you're missing lots of good stuff. I'm just being honest with you. You're missing. Dan Curry's got a Bible class for adults in this auditorium. And I've got another Bible class down the hall. And if you've been missing Bible study, you've been missing. I, I, I don't want to be so bold and offend you. But, but I, we, we're into like 15 weeks right now. In 15 weeks, I think, close to it right now on the, uh, on the blood of Jesus. And we've got probably 20 more weeks to go. Man, we're dissecting the blood from Genesis to the book of what the kid preacher said, the book of revolutions. Amen. I mean, we're, we're, we're getting it from generations of revolutions. You know what I mean? That's what the young preachers say. You know, they're, they're scared, scared to death to try to get it all down. Uh, but but I, I just got to point this out, and, and we got to hear this. We got to hear this. I, I, I was reading, and I got into this fabulous set of commentaries. Getting like 1400 bucks for them. And I thought, well, I wonder what they think about this, so this scripture. And I was reading, I said, oh, this is great. Oh, praise God. Look. And then I got on one that said, God doesn't care anything about blood. God doesn't care anything about that. God doesn't want you to bleed. Jesus just died on the cross. And they got to going so far away from God in the Bible. And I thought to myself, how many other thousands and scores of thousands of preachers spent $1,400 of their hard-earned preaching money to buy something that's going to make them take one step at a time away from the anointing, one step at a time away from the power, one step at a time away from the reality, and show up at church dead on arrival, praying that the closing prayer will take place by the time you get in the door, not on your life. I'm ready for God to get the cutting edge of the Holy Ghost filled church alive and real one more time and the power of God fall and people spin like a top and fall in the floor and magnify the name of the Holy God in heaven and lift up the name of Jesus. Woo! Somebody shout amen. God is still God. Let's praise Him for it right now. Let's give Him honor for it and give Him praise. Amen. <laughs> so go get you some help today. And once Elisha said to the young preacher, said, let's go back to the work site. That's rich. Let's go back to the work site. What does that mean? Go back where you lost it. What does that mean? Duh. Amen. Oh, Brother Johnson, you just preach like you're taking us back 40 years. Bless God, that's a lie. I'm not taking you back 40 years. I'm taking you back 2,000 years. Amen. I'm taking you back 2,000 years, not 40, not 50, not 100. I'm going all the way back to where it started. And the man of God said to the younger man of God, let's go back to the job site. The older prophet got a stick off of a tree. He said, where'd you lose it? He said, right there. And they threw that stick in the water. Hallelujah. That axe head 
swam up to the top. Come on, that's what the Bible said. So I don't believe axe heads can swim. You know, in my natural man, I don't believe that God could roll water back enough for three million people to leave one country in one night either, but God did it. If you want to ask me about it, I don't believe it, that not normally if you get thrown in the fire and you're down in there and you've got two other great preacher boys with you and you're saying, what the world's going on, guys? And all of a sudden, you look around and the fourth man's in the fire like unto the Son of the living God. He said, you boys didn't compromise. You got it now. Hallelujah. And man, the fire didn't burn them and the smell of smoke was not on their clothes. Amen. I mean, it's kind of hard to believe that Enoch was walking with God, talking to him one day, and he was vacuumed out of here. The harpazo is the Greek word. He was raptured out of here to go be in God. And then Elijah was carried out the same way. That's hard to believe. But i got news for you, friend of mine. It's hard to believe that Jesus got out of a cemetery on Sunday morning. But I believe that, and I also believe that he said, I'll build a church, and that church is going to have a cutting edge. We cannot be like every denomination in the world. We are the blood-washed plutocracy of mankind. Let's have a revival. Let's have God's power. Let's get over the weakness. Let's get over the frailty of life. Come on, church. Go back to where you lost it and get in the altars again and let's find God in a mighty way. Hallelujah. And uh, and I'm going to close it now for the second time. And I closed one not long ago, nine times. So they went back to the work site. The axe head came back. They retrieved it. They reattached it. And then they could finish their job. And then they could finish their job. Here's the wrap-up. Okay. Your loss of power living. Okay, now let me say that word again. Power living. How many of you know what power aid is? You know, those drinks you get. Huh? Some of you may not have heard this. Most of you have. But the old neighbor boy out in the country pulls his neighbor over and says, Hey, I drank a Red Bull. You know, the energy drink. And his neighbor said, well, what did it do to you? He said, well, about 30 minutes after I drank it, I started over towards Corsicana. And he said, I got halfway there before I realized I left my pickup at the house. (laughs) Huh? (laughs) You can laugh out loud, Jan. I mean, it is kind of funny, isn't it? Mm. Okay. Power living. Power living. You see, if you have moved away from power living and anointing, you need not to stay there permanently. Amen. You still have a future. You still have a future. When? is the last time you pitched that old piece of wood, symbolic of the cross, into the depths of your problem that sunk out there. And you watched 
that old rugged cross. Start bringing back that thrill and that joy. At the night I knelt and His blood was spilled, I found it in Jesus Christ. That 2,000-year-old piece of wood, the cross, can bring you something today and get you back and keep you back. It can happen right now. Let me read these short words. I won't elaborate on Just read them. This, this only this, this many. Your gift is about to resurface, and when it does, you've got to put a new grip on it. Next, attach it to your life. Next, don't let it go again. Don't let it go again. Samson mounted a comeback. The young preacher in Second Kings mounted a comeback. David, in his life, mounted a comeback. Peter got his cutting edge back. John Mark got his back. You can get yours back. Oh, I'm feeling somebody is getting this right now. Help is as close as asking for it. Time is short. Get it back today. Get it back today. Our musicians are going to come and softly play and sing. I know that your neighbor behind you or way down the pew or the two pews in front, I know that they would not appreciate you breathing on them and and that type of stuff because of the news media and the, the, the COVID thing that's running rampant right now, not in the United States, but all over the world. All over the world it is. But I just wonder if I could... Talk anybody into saying, Preacher, I'm not lost. I'm not on my way to a burning hell. I'm not on my way to an eternity without God. I genuinely love the Lord. I genuinely do. But I have this little thing that I'm giving way to that's just taking my anointing, my cutting edge. I don't want a stage. I don't want a platform. I don't want a position. All I want is for God to come down and help me start chopping again and get it going in my life spiritually like I need it to be. They're going to play now. I'm, I'm just going to ask for, what, two people out of this whole crowd? Maybe five, hopefully. Ten. I'm really trying to have faith right now for 30 or 40. But nowadays it's just so difficult. But if you have just slipped a little bit, and I don't mean being lost. I don't mean going to hell. That's not what I'm talking about. Because that young preacher who lost that cutting edge went and got help. And he got it all back. In Jesus' name. 
I wonder if somebody would like to get up today and come here. I know we hadn't been given altar calls. I know all the churches pretty well quit it. I, I know that. But I'm kind of getting tired of COVID whipping my rear end. Amen. Now, I just just like to know if somebody joined this one here, and there comes another back there. We're going to get anybody else to make their way today. Thank you. Come on, dear. Hallelujah. God bless you, hon. Somebody else. Just say, Lord, it's me today. I, I need it. Hallelujah. I just let it slide a little bit on me. We're not going to have ranked strangers come up and pray with you today. But if there's a family member or somebody that can do this diplomatically, because we don't want anybody to be offended or hurt, but I'm wondering today, they're still coming. People are still coming. Hallelujah. Keep on coming. That's good. Come on. Hallelujah. One after the other. They're still coming. <laughs> If you, just a little softer, just a little softer. If you are wanting to come and pray with somebody, you come and stand behind them, okay? Maybe arm's length. You don't have to touch them. But i, I got some people out there right now would love to come up here and just stand behind somebody and just reach out your hand. And pour the anointing of God's love on them. I'm not trying to stop anybody from coming. I'm just trying to make people respect, you know, the uh, the, the deal here. They're, they're, they're still coming. We need somebody over here. I mean, I need some good godly women right over here. Good Holy Ghost women. Come on. You, you break the ice. You know what to do. You know exactly what to do. Give honor and respect. Could it get a good man of God? There you go. Just, just kind of get behind somebody. Just maybe let them know. This is my day. Keep on about Jose. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
Everybody knows what's happening right now. Somebody, somebody just went to the riverbank. <laughs> somebody went to the riverbank and said, this is where I lost it. I'm coming to get it one more time. Glory to His name. Robert Reed, in the name of Jesus, go right to the edge of the river and say, right here, God. Angie, your precious daughter, go right to the edge of the water. <laughs> Eleanor, get him back right now, girl. Jenna, Stephen, Brother Young, Shelly, <laughs> Amen. Son of God. This is my day, Lord. This is my day. This is my day. This is my day. Mountain. 